and welcome to this week's episode of Q on Q. Whether you're a return listener or tuning in for the first time this week, welcome. Many of you have probably had kids involved in an activity when they were little, or maybe you were involved in activities when you were younger and you remember some of the things. Picture this. Imagine a little kid is on a soccer team, doesn't really play a whole lot, and isn't always interested, and kind of messing around, just kind of sort of there. But all of a sudden, the coach stands up and calls him into the game, last man sitting on the bench, and now... It all comes down to him. He gets out in the middle of the field. Suddenly the ball was passed right to him and he's got a wide open shot. And there it was. The moment. The chance. Just him and the goalie. Get it in and win. Miss. And the game stays tied. I've seen a lot of cute videos and posts about the kids just standing there. Or kicking it in and running. Or even kicking it into their own goal. What if you were in that situation? What if it wasn't soccer? What if it was a monumental decision in the midst of life? Out of nowhere, called into the game, and then you get the chance to make your mark. Well, we've all had those moments where we've had the chance, and usually they're super quickly, to rise up to meet a challenge. Now, for how many of us did that moment end in disappointment or heartbreak or leaving us with images of something that affected how we looked at that activity or circumstance for the rest of our lives? I picture a scene played over and over in commercials in the movies. The guy has the biggest crush on this girl for the longest time, and we see her walking towards him, and you think, that's it, it's happening. The video shifts to slow motion. The music sets the mood for what seems like it's going to be the perfect opportunity for them to meet. And just when it seems like everything's perfect and he's going to get his chance, she walks past him to meet someone else. Oh man, I was pulling for you. How do you think he feels? Sad? Disappointed? Defeated? Sometimes those types of experiences, and I'm not just talking about with people, maybe with work, with family, or with an activity you're involved in, lead us to grow and become better for the next time we experience them. But for many of us, they leave a sour taste in our mouth. Feelings of a lack of self-worth or insecurity or even fear about experiencing the situation again. When you were younger, how many times did you hear the phrase, grow up? Reflecting on that, I think we can look at it in two different contexts. First, you did something wrong or super childish, or somebody's like, dude, grow up. I've always considered myself a jokester, and for many years, I would try to be the funny guy or pull pranks or whatever it was, and even though I knew it was something that was really immature for somebody my age, you know, I'd be told, grow up. Then we see it in the eyes of, wow. Johnny is really growing up, like a sign of maturity, a sign of growth. As adults, sometimes we think we have everything figured out. We've grown up. We're more mature. We've learned what we can, and now it's time to live it out. I'm a school teacher, so you could say that I have really never left school since I started. From elementary to high school to college to master's study, twice. And now on to the flip side of the room as a teacher. I know that the content I teach musically doesn't really change, but the students do, and the technology sure does. The approach and the way I handle things has to change based on who I see, the environment that I'm in, the tools that I have at my disposal, the schedule I have, the curveballs thrown at me, the list goes on and on. It forces me to grow. So to say that I know all I'm going to know and I've learned all I'm going to learn is really kind of foolish because we truly never stop growing and learning. 
But how many times in life when we hear somebody say, you can grow from this, you can rise above the circumstance and tries to really pump us up, we want to reply with, man, you don't know me. You don't know my life. You don't know my circumstances. You don't know what I've done. Don't try to change my mind. Are we open to people encouraging us? Or do we instantly picture experiences we've had and bring thoughts to mind that make us mega defensive? I wonder if some of you out there are like me when it comes to this. For the longest time, when I heard something about overcoming circumstances or growing up or rising up to meet the challenge, I started to have this role of stock footage in my brain, almost like the old cartoons where the harp would play and you'd look to the thought bubble above. I'd start to replay events and circumstances and times from my past, times I've succeeded and felt joy, and times when I've fallen down and felt defeated. When we're told to rise up and challenged to hope, do we instantly turn to the negative, think we're a failure? Do we think only about the times we've fallen down, or do we only think we're not good enough? Or do we take it as an opportunity to grow, to learn, to become better, to rise up? Sometimes people make you think you're not supposed to talk about these types of things. You know, that kind of everything's perfect mentality. In the workplace, we don't want to hear about experiences that don't go well, but just focus on what works and what will improve the bottom line. You know, we're among friends. We don't want to hear about somebody's struggles. We just want to talk about what's great in life. And even in churches, we just want everybody to smile and not admit the fact that there's people that are feeble and broken and in need of something greater than themselves. So many churches have, to put it bluntly, been okay for too long with the country club mentality. And that means we have everything and everyone we need and we can pay the bills and we'll just do our thing and the rest of the world can do its thing and leave us alone. They don't want to highlight the fact that church is called to be a place where broken people become whole, where dead people come to life, not just where good people go to sing songs and give some money and shake hands. It might be in their motto, but the reality is it's just not there. And if you've ever felt this way in any of these places, work, with friends, with family, church, or any of these kinds of circumstances, you probably feel very much watched, but not at all seen. You might be asked to talk and share, but never feel heard. And we all spend a lot of time swallowing things we wanted to say, because if we ever admitted things were wrong, people would look at us differently. You know, you just weren't supposed to talk about it. Whether it would break the company dynamic or, you know, you're in that setting where you just don't talk about those kind of things or whatever it might be. Well, this week is Easter, and we all know that the events that led up to this week and the events of this week, the preparation, the Last Supper, the handing over, the walk, the cross, the crucifixion, and then the wait, the resurrection, and the promise. Did you ever think about how the story of Easter could be a story for you. Have you ever thought about how you can have a personal resurrection in your life and how you could rise up to what and who God has called you to be? You might have walked with the Lord for decades, but you're still growing. When we're younger, things happen so quickly. You know, as an infant, we learn to talk and eat and crawl and walk. Our emotional and physical development skyrockets. And then as a teenager, we get taller super fast. And just because we get to six feet or learn a bunch of big words, we think opportunities to grow are are done. But opportunities to grow and learn are always in front of us. 
Just because the growth we experience in the human literal sense is done, are we open to growth even when we aren't expecting it or maybe even don't feel we need it? Are there situations, experiences, memories, even relationships that we need to grow from and maybe even allow to die in order for us to grow? Are we willing to rise up to the occasion? Well, I want to highlight just a few scriptures today that are God's promises to us that no matter what we go through, we can always rise up. Past circumstances and identities can die, and we can be born again in life anew. We're going to take a look first at the book of John, chapter 11, one of the most recognizable stories of resurrection, perhaps the most remarkable miracle Jesus performed, and that's the raising of Lazarus from the dead. I want to start early in the chapter with verses 1 through 6, and in the Amplified Version, they say this, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved and was concerned about Martha and her sister and Lazarus, and considered them dear friends. So even when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed in the same place two more days. We might wonder first why Jesus waited two days before going to see Lazarus, and how Jesus will be glorified in all this. When I read this story, I'm reminded of two things. First, God promised always to be with us, and that everything happens in his timing. Jesus waited before going to see Lazarus, and they questioned why he didn't go right away. And sometimes we don't get what we ask for right away. Sometimes it's a long time, and sometimes it seems like it's never. But we must trust in the promise we're given, that what we ask for in the fullness of God and in his purpose for our lives will be fulfilled, just maybe not always in the way we expect it to be. How would Jesus be glorified in all this? Well, when Jesus arrives later in the chapter, Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And many questioned why he had waited and said if he had come earlier, he might have been able to help. Jesus responded many times about trust and belief, making this direct statement to Martha in verse 40. This is from the Amplified Version. Did I not say to you that if you believe in me, you will see the glory of God, the expression of his excellence? We live in a society of wanting everything right away. Microwave meals, quick cash, instant hands, immediate fortunes. In contrast, God calls us to view things through a wide-angle lens, to take the long view and enjoy a lifetime of his favor. And along the path, we go through many experiences. We have many relationships. We exist in many environments. And too often, we allow many of those moments and those experiences to defeat us, to make us feel less than we are. And what do we do with those? We allow them to take on the feeling of, that's it. It's over. Then there are times when we face moments of great fear, moments of great challenge, the uphill battle ahead, and they may not be to the extent of our friend and brother dying and us asking Jesus for a literal resurrection, but there come moments where we must allow those feelings of uncertainty, distrust, and even it's over to die before us. We must rise up in trust, in belief, in love. 
Over the past year and a half, my family and I have experienced some extreme highs and lows in our lives. I'd be lying if I sat here and told you that I've forgotten all about them or that I didn't have moments during them where I got angry or I got upset toward other people. A scripture I read during that time that has really stuck with me is the first part of Psalm 30. David looked back at his life and was filled with thankfulness and praise. He said this in verses 4 and 5. This is the amplified version. Sing to the Lord, O you, his godly ones, and give thanks at the mention of his holy name, for his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may endure for a night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. David had been through some difficult times, but yet was filled with thankfulness and praise. And the good news of the gospel isn't just some nice thing that we think about to feel better for a moment or that gives us a temporary escape from our real lives or the real world. No, it is that good news which enters in the places precisely where we're broken, where we don't know what to do or what to say or where we feel like we can't go on. And it breathes life that says, this is not the final word. The God who holds us in the palm of his hand is where the connection between sin and death is broken. Yes, we will all have things that go to sleep. Death is part of all of our stories. But God holds us and encounters us in the midst of that coming sleep, inviting and challenging us to live a life that bears witness to resurrection. He is calling us to be a people who will rise up, who will as the lyrics of the popular musical Hamilton say, not throw away our shot. We got to rise up. When you're living on your knees, you rise up. We are called to rise up and live transformed until the very last breath we breathe in these lives we know now. Will we be a generation who will rise up and believe in the vision God has laid out and give and live our lives so as to see it made real? No, This isn't a magic pill that you can take that fixes everything. It's not a magic wand that rids us of strife or injustice in the world around us. But what if it's something more revolutionary than that? It's a resurrection. What if we became a people who were willing to rise into the places we were called to be? What if we chose to love one another instead of being against some, no matter who they were or what they represented? What if we rose up and bore witness to the risen Christ whose life fundamentally alters human history? Well, I already quoted some lyrics from Hamilton, but I want to conclude today by mentioning some lyrics of another song with Rise Up in the title. Rise Up by Cain. I want you to think about these statements, which loosely connect to the lyrics. Rise up. Take a break. You're alive now. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us out from the grave like Lazarus? He's given you an opportunity and he's calling you, ready to meet you right where you are. To make you brand new and remind us that the power of death the power of depression, the power of down and out, it can't hold you. Allow God to rise up in you what needs new life. Let's follow the God of resurrection and be witnesses to the good news that even as we live life, despite its ups and downs, God's power and love and resurrection life holds us all. Rise up. 
Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Have a very happy Easter, and we'll see you back here next time. We'll have more for you on cue.